0: Welcome to Business Unmuted Live, a video business discussion on Wednesday 7th of July 2021, which is later shared on platforms including Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Business Unmuted is sponsored by Virtue BMW, part of Gateshead-based Virtue Motors PLC. It has dealerships in Stockton-on-Tees, Durham, Sunderland, Moulton and York. Great cars. Today we're joined in the studio by Mike Hughes, Business and Commercial Editor at the Northern Echo. Down the line we have John Howe, Managing Director of Pudsey-based lawyers, John Howe & Co. And Sherelle Lyons, Managing Director of Nesset Services, which provides inspection services for global engineering companies. First, revised figures for quarter one show that GDP has fallen. Fallen, that is, by 1.6%. That means that GDP is 8.8% below pre-pandemic levels. Maybe it's about the lockdown. Well, in Monday's Downing Street briefing, Boris Johnson revealed that most legal restrictions and guidance as part of COVID-19 prevention should be lifted from July 19th. There'll be no longer any legal requirement to wear a mask, though in some situations it's advised, and guidance on working from home will also come to an end. It won't be mandatory anymore. However, the government is continuing to make people self-isolated. They've come into contact who has COVID. Number crunching by some journalists suggests that 700,000 people a week are tested, which is what Savage Javid said, 100,000 a day. Well, if that happened, well, a further 1.4 million would have to stay at home, meaning 2.1 million people would have to be in isolation. Does that mean there's a price per ping to pay by business in terms of lost productivity and people out of the business? Let's talk to our team of uh, uh, correspondents today from various sectors of our economy, Shirelle and John and and Mike. Mike, what is your take on what Boris said about the reopening?
1: I think, Graham, the businesses have been looking for sort of ways forward and looking for some sort of hopeful signs. Um, I think also we've got this sort of very much an independent streak across a lot of businesses in the northeast, And I think we we feel confident that we can take our own measures. We look for government guidance, of course, as everybody does. But we have to set our own rules and they, they will fit our own individual businesses and individual circumstances. And I think the businesses I'm talking to feel confident that they can do that. Boris will set us the rules, and we will say, right, what well, these are the paths that we want to operate and that we don't. We see it as a way forward, definitely.
0: I've got to admit, Mike, I felt the same way. I was talking to a lot of my clients in Re- recognition PR, with uh, eighty-eight or so uh, across the country, and for the most part, they were saying, yeah, we'll we'll take it steady as she goes, but we're going to let the guidance take uh, take precedence. John Howard, uh, John Howard Co, uh, you're, you're in Pudsey. Uh, what did you think of what Boris had to say? Well, to a certain extent I think it has to come at some stage and so why not now?
2: I know there are various reasons for the government to consider introducing it now um, and obviously it's better to do it now rather than in, in winter time because it has to happen at some stage. Uh, in relation to the question of uh, impact the impact it will have on businesses, my experience is that most of the businesses we serve are been really busy in any event um so whether that's going to be then affected by a possible risk uh, of reinfection time will tell us
0: i was talking to someone uh just this morning uh, um and uh very uh highly informed person uh, in the law not john but someone else in the law yeah. and he said "Well, i'm not sure about the face masks as well wear a face mask if you're not mm. sure about it wear it and i said this is Is it intellectually incoherent to say, well, I want everyone to wear face masks, but I also agree with the law that lets you go to the bar and have a crowded pub? It seems to me that you can't pick and choose.
1: Yeah, I think one thing as a journalist, I like to make sure that everyone that I talk to feels comfortable. Mm. They feel settled, they feel relaxed, and that's how I get my best interviews. It's the same sort of thing, I think, with the the mask situation. People have to feel comfortable and relaxed. If they feel they're particularly protecting themselves, their staff, their business... In a very particular way then they, they should be allowed to do that i think it's interesting graham that there is a there's a long COVID situation to be tackled it's a very similar thing with the with the economy and with businesses as well i think there's a very short-term issue we need to tackle now we need to be very aware of those longer-term issues and how they're going to affect individual businesses we'll come on to some of them in a minute i think
0: like, Shirel, let's give you uh, a chance to give your view on this
3: Yeah, I mean, for us, um, you know, the announcement from Boris is is welcomed. Um, Our business works as a hybrid model, um, regardless of, of pandemic or not. So we, we kind of, um, work with remote workers and, and have office-based staff. But I know that's not the same for, for other businesses, um, across the country. I think people have been waiting for a very clear steer on, on when is the right time to, to try and get back to some normality and, and how that new norm is going to look. Um, but yes, I think certainly the things that we're hearing from colleagues and peers in the industries are, that they have to take one step at a time. It's a, another hurdle to overcome. And then we will see what happens in the months that follow.
0: It did for me feel like uh, two steps forward, one step back. There was all the good news on Monday. And then this question about continuing to allow people to be pinged with the, uh, the app. And if you come into contact with someone who has COVID, you then have to have 10 days self-isolation, whether you have COVID or not. And that, the data I just read out with potentially 2 million people in a week in isolation, that's a lot of people out of the workplace. Have you got people out of your workplace because they've been pinged, John?
2: Oh, yeah, certainly yeah. Um, certainly, even two weeks ago, uh, we had uh, um, at least two or three members of staff because of that. Well, one because of have been pinged and one because um, she actually contracted COVID, so yeah.
0: And there so, is, for me, there is a difference between the two. I mean, if someone hmm. has contracted COVID and, and the... The reopening didn't go that far to make the difference. It still kept it. Have uh, you had lots of people pinged, Sherelle?
3: Uh, we've been quite fortunate over the last sort of uh, four to six months. I think um, certainly this time last year, we were home working. Um, we had we we work in a, a shared office facility, um, a business managed facility. So there was lots of pinging um, because you've got multiple companies all working from from one site. Um, you know, we've kind of tried to adopt a sensible risk-based approach to that. We've got a lot of um, workers who've got children, so nurseries and schools mm. um, also affecting or being affected by the uh, the, the recent rising cases. So we're kind of trying to take it on a, a sensible risk-based approach that if people have got other needs, we're recognising those childcare needs, those carers' responsibilities. Um, but at the minute, we feel fairly fortunate that the team we have mm. are, are managing to work well and to work safely.
0: The need to self-isolate just for coming into contact, uh, it might seem sensible and we're all being very cautious and responsible, but my daughter is a paediatrician working in the NHS. Her young child was sent home, my granddaughter was sent home from school because someone in her class had contracted COVID. She has not got COVID, so the whole class was sent home. As a result, my daughter is now out of work uh, uh, looking after her children and and she's not looking after sick children in the nhs so it actually has a perverse approach doesn't it it's yeah. uh, they're the victim of different consequences it,
1: it's such a complex situation and that's why i was saying that businesses look as we've just finding out today that businesses look at it different ways mm. and to particularly suit their purposes in the newspaper industry there's a lot of conversation about the fact that the buzz of a newsroom is something that a lot of reporters need yeah that conversation and that yeah. that happens but you can't have it all the time. Absolutely.
0: Particularly trainees need it as well. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. I think that's important.
1: To think there are some young journalists who will never, may never see that mm. side of things. And young workers in a lot of our industries is a real shame. It's a real change.
0: Let's go to Shirelle because Shirelle's got a very interesting business. And we've just talked about the growth figures, which were very disappointing. And for me in business, I noticed that the clients pulling off the gas as the lockdown was extended four weeks. So I think there is something in the uncertainty of the lockdown ending in the figures that were released earlier. Nevertheless, Cheryl, you are are an international business. Tell tell people what you do, because it's pretty unique and it's family owned as well.
3: Yeah, so we're a family-based business. We are here, uh, both Peter and myself, the directors, Um, we are husband and wife and we're based here in South Shields. Um, We've got um, an inspection expediting and auditing company and we've got um, sort of subcontracted man man hours across the world, you know, 75 different countries, 3,000 different personnel and resources. Um, We've tried to keep our head office based locally because we're big believers in northeast businesses and people being recognised for their skills and talents. Um, But, yeah, we've had, you know, last year was a COVID year for a lot of businesses. We had a very, very good year last year. Um, A lot of the projects and the work that we were um, contracted to continued throughout COVID, um, given the nature of the industry that we work in, which is predominantly the energy sector. that said, the, the opening start to this year has been a little bit slower, um, but nonetheless, you know, I, I, I appreciate and take on board the decline in the figures that we, we've been talking about um, earlier on in, in the uh, in the chat. But actually, we've got quite a healthy pipeline um, for the for the remainder of this year into next, and I think that with a lot of the positive business news and investment that's coming into the northeast, you know, let's hope um, as businesses. Across the Northeast and the Humber, can that the next six months bring some more positive news and some positive stability back into those local businesses?
0: Now, the kind of things you inspect—you've got men and women, 3,000 men and women across the globe, all centred in South Shields, where you operate it, and they go out on projects. So, if someone's building ai know know—a pipeline to transfer oil or gas or something like that. They'll go and inspect its building, check the welds are done, and things like that.
3: Yeah, they do. So we've worked in the um, in the Bay of Bengal. We've been working um, alongside a big client, an American client, um, developing one of the world's largest sites um, for for oil. Um, We've also been working alongside um, one of the largest and world leading um, electrical car manufacturers on their sites across Europe over the last 12 months. So yeah, it's it's a varied uh, varied sector that we're working in. Well, that's um, very we've interesting. We've a really good pool of guys and and ladies who work for us
0: on the electrical cars. Because you are right, there are certain manufacturers that are rolling out big factories across Europe as uh, capacity is needed. But of course, in the last two weeks, the big announcements have been about electrical manufacturing here in the UK. Nissan uh, last week. With that yeah. big announcement, and then yesterday, this week, uh, the Vauxhall planned at Elmsmere Port. So what kind of skills and capabilities could you bring to those investments?
3: Yeah, I think with with that, our hope is you know we've been recognised by international companies as being able to supply and provide good quality services. Uh, We've had electrical inspectors. uh, We've had very specific niche technical um, inspectors that have been specifically required and requested by clients. I think our hope moving forward is that, you know, the northeast region and the companies that are choosing to invest in the northeast can see that actually there's a very, very good supply chain and a very good pool of talent available in the northeast to work within. We've, you know, we, we kind of have been recognised by companies across Europe and across the Americas. It would be nice to see that, you know, that the, the investment that is coming into the Northeast can recognise that those skills exist here also.
0: Let's just dance across the country a little bit and go to West Yorkshire. Uh, John, you're running a, a legal practice and a lot of your clients are small businesses. Uh, what do you think about the growth figures and where the state of the economy is at the moment?
2: Our client base is quite varied, so we have quite a lot of small ones, but also medium-sized enterprises as well. And everybody who we're speaking to has been really, really busy throughout. um, We do a lot of kind of development, um, building development work and a lot of conveyancing. And that certainly has been a very buoyant um, area of of practice for us. And whether the builders, um, whether the developers themselves, they're all, all um, been, been, been very busy. Obviously, it been affected by the stamp duty holiday that's helped. Um, but even now, it's, 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 it's continuing at the pace. It is interesting. I, I, I was quite surprised with the figures, to be honest.
0: Yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, it is interesting to see that uh, those figures decline, and uh, I suppose hospitality hasn't had the chance to reopen, mm. uh, and big projects, some of which I know have been delayed. But what would we have been without that stamp duty holiday if those figures were coming at an 8, 8.8% below pandemic levels? Mm. Uh, where would we have been if we hadn't had the stamp duty holiday? Because it seems to me that construction and housing has really driven a lot of the economy
2: it is and no doubt it's, it's uh, gathered
0: quite a lot of revenue for, for
2: the chancery as
0: well all right well let's uh, even though there's been a stamp duty holiday there's been a lot of stamp duty that's been fair that's a, f- a fair point because it hasn't been a uh, stamp duty exempt no yeah it's just been a reduction mike you are sitting there in in teesside area uh, as the editor of one of the papers serving that area looking at business It is, I mean, I'm a bit biased because I'm in Teesside as well, Tees Valley, Uh, there does seem to be a little pool of lift uh, beyond uh, other parts of the country. There's the Treasury Jobs and the Tees Works site. Absolutely. Tell tell our viewers where you've been today and uh, how you feel that Tees Works is progressing.
1: Yeah, I mean, mean, Tees Works is sort of emblematic, I think, of what's going on across the region, that there are... There are huge industries, and people have to pivot uh, on on smaller scales for smaller businesses for SMEs, but also on a massive scale of tees works. We were there today with the, uh, the global CEO of, of BP, who are getting involved with net zero T And the backdrop when I was talking to to Bernard, the, the CEO, was the the furnace, and this is a, this is what it means to a lot of people. It was a, a, a monolithic business industry that. Shaped a lot of Teesside, mm-hmm. and then it, it tragically sort of fell apart. But now, people with the with the acumen of, of Ben Houchen have to think of a way of reinventing that sort of enormous space. And as as Ben said today, the timing of the the green agenda could not be better for a place like Teesworks. Such an amount of interest. And there are going to be obviously more jobs created there than were lost in the steelworks. No one will forget the steelworks. It's too important to too many people. But the future for their children, for their grandchildren, for kids now who are only in infant school or junior school is brighter than ever. People are focusing on this area more than ever before
0: i have to give a disclosure here full disclosure i actually serve on the board of teesworks i'm very proud to do so but mike has gone independently of me it wasn't me that fixed that up Mike. you no, no. went inside but actually it's been a difficult decision and uh, i think we are going to end up removing the blast furnace and uh, it won't be there no indeed and and you know you feel sympathy with people who want to preserve the heritage but that site is really really valuable and we're going to create jobs on it and and that's what people want
1: yeah europe's uh, one of europe's largest brownfield sites and to have that sort of scope for so many businesses to work there and to work together of course that sort of cluster mentality you have to clear an enormous amount of space they were just told today that they're mapping digitally Every part of that site including the furnace they've been into every single part mm-hmm. taken enormous images so that the history of it Can be preserved and that's important that we know what did power this region and we can see in its place What's going to power it now?
0: And and what do you think about that Shirell? You're clearly positioning your own firm You've got the inspectors, but you are pivoting them towards the new industries.
3: Yeah, I think you know you, you've got to, as a business owner, um, you've got to you've got to evolve and you've got to to work with the technology that that's available and um, and the campaigns that are out there. I think what's really exciting is to to recognise the work that has been undertaken um, in terms of moving forward with green energy, not just in the northeast, but I think that the government's overall commitment to, to that that transition. Um, and yeah, you know, I think um, for us it is a pivot. It's not a complete change. We, we've always been very diverse in the work that we've undertaken but i think it's very exciting to know that there's a lot of that work being undertaken and that it is going to be a bit of a hub within the northeast working towards that
0: let's just give the last word on our program today uh, to john how you're in west yorkshire so we'd like to cover the whole of the north of england where do you think uh, the gain for the economy will be in the next quarter if we can turn around this slight dip we've had where would you like to see it happen I'm
2: hoping it's going to be fairly generic anyway, because um, once the, the restrictions are, are relaxed, you'll see there's a, a quite a lot of pent-up demand which should then be released in various uh, aspects. Um, I am quite excited from what you said about what the progress we should be made in the northeast, um, and I think as a nation with one of our strengths has always been that we've been able to um, approach business from a very varied and flexible approach. And, I think that that will continue and that will be a a good ground for growth generally.
0: Well, John, thank you very much. Cheryl, thank you as well. Mike, great to have you in. Come in again. Uh, Thank you for watching Business Unmuted and listening to us today. And thanks to Virtue BMW for supporting us.